habits. That's where he decides to make his home is in Judah. So God's presence is there. So when, when, when Israel is coming out of Egypt, get this now, the family of Jacob, which is Israel, leaving the foreign land, the land of Judah becomes God's sanctuary. Israel becomes his kingdom. You've got to get this this morning. Israel becomes his kingdom. The Red Sea saw them coming and hurried out of their way. The water of the Jordan River turned away. The mountains skipped like rams and the hills like lambs. Verse five, what's wrong, Red Sea? <laughs> what's wrong, Red Sea, that made you hurry out of their way? Not out of God's way, out of their way. What happened, Jordan River, that you turned away? Why mountains did you skip like rams and why hills like lambs? Tremble, here it is now, verse seven. Tremble, O earth, at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of God of Jacob. He turns a rock into a pool of water. Yes, a spring of water flowed from solid rock. See, what you and I have to understand, you see, anybody else would have looked at Israel coming out of Egypt as a whole lot of bunch of slaves that had been under Egyptian oppression and slavery for 400 years. But the reality was when Israel came out of, out of Egypt, that God said, now she is, I'm gonna demonstrate and set up my kingdom. Israel now becomes my physical manifestation of my kingdom on the earth. So when the Red Sea seen it, it didn't see a whole lot of maybe two to three million uh, slaves um, sort of just hobbling out of Egypt, it seemed the kingdom of God, which is why it had to open up, which is why the Jordan River, when they went into the promised land, it had to roll back, even though it was in flood, to let them through, which means any obstacle, whatever that's in your way, has to shift and move if the kingdom of God, if you're in the kingdom of God. Because it doesn't just see you, it sees the kingdom. It sees God, it sees the limitless of His power. Is, that, is this helping anybody this morning? Now, you understand this, that Jesus is the king in the kingdom of God. He's the king. The Bible says he is the king of kings. In the book of Revelation, he's got this name written on his thigh. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords because his kingdom is above every other kingdom. You gotta understand that, which makes him the king above every other king. He's the Lord, he's the government, he's the ruler above every other government and ruler. So the kingdom of God is where God's rule, his authority, his domain is, is executed. So wherever the kingdom of God comes, and, and we'll get into it, but the kingdom of God is actually, is where heaven breaks forth on earth. So the kingdom of God has authority and power over every other kingdom, even over the natural kingdom. We just read that, the natural world. And the glory of God's kingdom is that every mountain Every obstacle, every situation must bow, must yield, and come into the mandate of the king of the kingdom. Someone say amen to that, including you. I see it, including you. You and your democratic mindset that thinks you can just vote and do what you like and make up your own truth to pursue your own happiness to whatever suits your lifestyle. Ooh, I'm sorry, I was, the side rooms, I've got them. They're saying, preach it, Pastor. God's kingdom is full of God's power, full of His presence. It's where impossible things become possible. He can make something that is hard, solid, lifeless, like a rock, into something that can produce life, where water can flow, something that can refresh and revive and, and produce life. When God's kingdom manifests, impossible things become possibilities, and life always flows out of death. See, the Bible says when the Jordan River was in flood, Israel needed to cross it to get into the promised land. 
the land that God said, this is yours. And to get in there, the Bible says that God uh, told Joshua that the, the priests had to carry the ark, the presence of God, upon their shoulders. And they had to step into that river first. And the Bible says, as soon as their feet touched that river, that the river parted. In fact, the river backed up all the way to Adam. Now, apparently back in the day, Adam was a town, I don't know how far up the Jordan River. But spiritually, you and I got to understand that when the presence of God, the kingdom of God comes into our lives, that what happened from Adam and the garden and the sin and the death and the destruction and the chaos that he brought into the earth gets backed up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring a word to someone here this morning because the word Jordan means that which flows down or descends. The word Jordan means that which flows down or descends. So someone here today, I believe that God is speaking to you that there's been things that have been descending down, that have flowed down your family line, that have brought death, that have brought chaos, that have brought destruction, that God is saying to you today that His presence, His kingdom, His power is going to cut that flow off. That thing that's been coming down your family line, that from today that's brought death and destruction and chaos from generation to generation, that God's presence is going to, is going to go in before you, that His kingdom is going before you, and a path is going to open up so that the plan and the purpose of God can be manifest in your home, in your family, and in your generation and in your legacy. Now, if that's for you this morning, give God a big shout and say, I receive it. I receive it. Right, let me back it up now. The Bible says when the nation of Israel came out of Egypt under Moses, the Bible says that Israel became his kingdom. Judah has become his sanctuary where he's going to live. His manifested presence, Israel, becomes his kingdom. So the nation of Israel now becomes a physical manifestation to the world, to the nations around about it, of what the kingdom of God should look like, of what it should look like. It was a nation that had the God of heaven living amongst them. Now, you should have a picture come up, my wonderful lady. Kelly's got it up there. It's a bit blurry, but in the middle there is a tabernacle. So when the children of Israel were going through the wilderness for 40 years, the tabernacle was built. That's where they worshiped God, offered sacrifices, um, worship, all the crazy stuff there. And God's presence, the cloud, dwelt amongst them. And then all the tribes, all the tribes were divided up so that they were, what are we, 12 tribes into four. So you had three tribes is it, on either side. And if you got your drone up, if you could get your drone up and took a photo, you'd see that's a picture of a cross that the way for the presence of God to come in and live and dwell with all humanity, because this has always been God's plan, that God's presence, not just His kingdom, God's presence, His power wants to live within us. And that was through the blood and the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. So there it is. So that's what God, so God lived in the midst of the nation. Not, 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 a, not a side issue, not an extra spoke in my life. It's not something I do on a Sunday. God's in the center. God's in my business, God's in my marriage, God's in my finances, God's, God's in how I date, God's and how I do relationships, how I do, how do I, how, how do I connect with this world? God is in the center of it. He's not a side issue. And so they had God living amongst them. And because of that, <coughs> Israel went from victory to victory. They went from breakthrough to breakthrough. They seen impossible situations, miracles manifesting in their world. No enemy, and they fought some big ones. No enemies could defeat them. And the blessing of God rested upon everything that they'd done and produced. Everything, everything just went crazy. 
God, God then gives them the Ten Commandments through Moses and other laws for the nation of Israel to live by. Now, these laws, principles, and values enable the children of Israel to experience and see the kingdom of God at work in their everyday lives. When they obeyed these laws and principles, kept these things, this enabled God and all His glory to live amongst them, okay? It wasn't enough for them just to go around and say, well, we just believe in Jehovah God and He's our God and, you know, we worship Him and, you know, and we just carry on living our lives. That, that, that wasn't enough. God gave them laws, principles, and values that allowed them to experience the benefits of the kingdom of God and to keep the presence of God living amongst them. In other words, simply put, it allowed heaven to be on earth. Now, I'll give you a quick example of this in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 1 and 2. If you want to read that sometime, the whole, the whole, well, most of that chapter is a chapter of blessing, what God says, how He's going to bless them. And in verse 1, it says, if you fully obey, someone say obey. If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully keep all the commandments that I'm giving you today, the Lord your God will set you on, will set you on high. Why? Because his kingdom's above every other kingdom. In other words, your life's going to be better off. Okay? Above all the nations of the world, and you will experience all these blessings if you, I can't hear you in the side room. Obey. Thank you. You're preaching as well. If you obey the Lord your God. But verse 15, we get into the curses. But if you refuse to listen to the Lord your God and do not obey all the commands and decrees I'm giving you today, then all these curses will come and overwhelm you. So here's a major truth you need to grasp this morning, that the kingdom of God operates and flows on Pacific laws, principles, and I've added values. You've got to grasp this truth. The kingdom of God operates on Pacific laws, principles, and values. And when we're obedient to these laws, these principles, and these values, it produces heaven in our world. Now, I haven't got time to get into the, I'd love to, uh, because God's plan is always to have heaven on earth. When Adam and Eve were in the garden, heaven was in heaven, and heaven was on earth. There, there, was, no, there was no distance between heaven and earth. God would come down every day, they'd hang out with Adam and Eve, talk, they'd have fellowship. Adam and Eve were perfect. They were uh, immortal beings. They would have lived forever. There was no sin. There was no death. There was no sadness. There was nothing. They had absolute authority and dominion and rule of the entire earth. It wasn't until they sinned that it brought distance between heaven and earth. God's presence lifted off their lives. They realized they were naked. And then, like I said, we're only get about, what, three or four chapters into the Bible, and we've got the first murder and chaos and confusion and destruction begins to enter the earth, and, and we have it what it is today. But that's never been God's plan. God's plan has always been that His kingdom, His government would come, and it would bring heaven back, not only into the world, but into people's lives. And as far as I know, everybody's looking for heaven. Everybody wants less drama. Everybody just wants all the wars to cease. The amount of people on social media trying to pray in peace for Ukraine, and I understand that, but no one wants war. We've got Russians even, even you know, doing protests. They don't, they don't want to see war. People don't want to see war. People want life to be heaven. There's something in the heart of man that knows that life should be more than this. Everybody wants a great marriage. Everybody wants great families. Dear God, everybody wants their businesses to be blessed. Everybody wants to walk in health and healing and be prosperous. Come on now. And the kingdom of heaven is the way to get it. The kingdom of God is how heaven is produced 
in our world. Right, I'm away off my track. Where do I go? When we, when we disobey, God's presence lives, and of course, the curse comes in. What does that mean? Well, everything just becomes hard, difficult. Nothing seems to go right. It's just the world we live in. So the kingdom of God will produce heaven in our world. Now, heaven is not heaven because angels are there playing harps and singing in the clouds. Just put that out there, okay? That's not what makes heaven, heaven. Heaven is heaven because the occupants, all of the occupants that are there are living by, operating on the laws, the principles, and the values that govern the kingdom of God. You say, how do I know? Because one day there was an archangel called Lucifer, one of the covering cherubs, one of those, you know, top, one of the top beings next to God. And one day he gets full of pride. He thought himself, you know, all that in a bag of chips and uh, his beauty and whatever. And so he thought, hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I, he, got a, he got filled with his self-importance and he got felt entitled, you know. Man, I'm the big, I'm leading the worship around here. I'm organizing things. We're, we're, God, God hardly ever shows up. He's always down on the earth. He's down there hanging out with those other two. And uh, so he wasn't happy with what God gave him. Wanted to be like God, wanted to sit in God's seat. And uh, God said, that attitude, that spirit can't live and operate here. So he gets cast out. Pride, wanting things their own way, selfishness, pursuing my truth to get my happiness, can't live in the kingdom of God. Can't live in heaven. Oh, come on. I'm, I'm going to preach to somebody here this morning. Pride, arrogance, selfishness, everybody doing what they think is right in the name of pursuing their own happiness is not causing heaven on earth. Oh, come on. It's causing hell on earth. It's causing confusion and chaos. I mean, there's wars, there's fighting. I mean, we've got arguments, social media. I mean, dear God, we've got cancel culture. You don't agree with me, you're out of here. It's not causing heaven on earth. Humility is a great value of the kingdom. So when you understand this, then you understand what Jesus meant in, in Matthew chapter six. Let's go there, verse 33. Jesus said, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. Someone say first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you in the side rooms. How are we all doing? Give me a shout out. Whoa. Are you still with me? <laughs> that room is, oh, this room has gone a bit quiet. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and online, by the way. All these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So Jesus has just been talking about the whole thing about how everybody in our world today, we're all worrying about what we're going to eat, what we're going to drink, and how we're going to pay the mortgage and bills and COVID and mask wearing and mandates and when it's going to end. And I don't know if it's got to end. I've got another message. I thought about preaching this tonight. Just, I'm just, just thinking about it. And it's not popular, but it's okay. It's actually biblical. Because in Jesus' day, the Jews who lived under Roman oppression, because Jesus was born as a slave in the Roman culture, they were praying and looking to God to set up his kingdom physically on earth. And they were looking for the Messiah. And they were constantly asking Jesus. In fact, in the book of Acts, after he'd risen from the dead, they thought, surely, surely. And the Bible says every time they got together, 
they were asking Jesus, when are you going to set up your kingdom? And he told them, shut up and stop asking. He said it this way, it's not for you to know the time or the hour that's reserved to my father. But, but I'm going to do something. I'm going to put something in you. I'm going to give you the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to put something in your internal world that's going to, doesn't matter what's going to happen in your external world, what I put in you, my kingdom and my power is going to enable you to ride above and live above and enjoy heaven, even in the midst of the chaos and the confusion. But I don't know if you want that tonight or not. And these people want to come out to hear this one. I'm just whetting your appetite. There's folders full of stuff. Anyway, back to the message. So Jesus has been talking about worries and fears and anxieties and people's insecurities. And he's saying, don't worry about tomorrow. Don't have, don't have fear or anxiety. be anxious about running out of stuff or not having enough. Don't allow your insecurities to rob you of your peace, your joy, your fulfillment. Don't let money enslave you. Don't worry about how you're going to pay the bills, pay your mortgage. God loves you. He's your heavenly father. And he tells them to look at nature. Birds, they don't, they're not out there sowing and reaping, yet God provides for them. He said, look at the flowers. They're not out there you know, struggling to grow and to, and to be who they are. He says, God clothes them. He said, you are of more value. He's trying to get into them that your heavenly father loves you. He's for you. He knows your needs. But then he goes on to say, above everything, if you find yourself in a place of lack, if you find yourself in a place of worrying or fearful, if you find yourself in your situation that see, you seem to be overwhelmed and aren't going to be able to cope, he said this, seek first the kingdom of God. Someone say, seek it first. When do we seek it? First. Let it be the first thing you do, not the last thing, or the second thing, or the third thing, or after you've been on social media, or, you know, got a hold of your friends around for coffee and had a yarn to them about the situation. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek God's government. Seek His rule. You want His kingdom to come in there because the kingdom of God has every Everything that you and I need for our, for our life. I mean, Jesus walked this earth and showed us that. He demonstrated the kingdom of God. In fact, he told his disciples, wherever you go, you preach this message. The kingdom of God is at hand and then demonstrate it. Bring heaven to earth. Heal people if they need it. Provide for them if they need it. I mean, do whatever you gotta do. Bring heaven into people's world. Make it their lives better because my kingdom has entered their world. And Jesus is saying here, if you find yourself worrying, anxious, in a place, overwhelmed by life or whatever, seek first the kingdom of God. Seek God's government, His kingdom, His authority, His dominion, because God's power, God's provision is all in His kingdom, and He wants to manifest it into your world. Okay? The Bible says that the kingdom of God is, the, is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So in other words, God wants peace to rule in your heart. These are, another, these are all individual messages. God wants joy to rule in the midst of your situation, even in the midst of the, the chaos and the confusion that we're experiencing in our world at the moment, even the wars, but the mandates and mask wearing and vaccines and jobs. And it's just, it's just, it's just dividing brother against brother. It's absolutely crazy days we're living in. But in the kingdom of God, there is peace. God doesn't want us to be anxious and fearful. That's a terrible way to live. By the way, we're not designed to. I won't go there this morning, but our bodies are not designed to live in fear. The ramifications, the health ramifications to your body that will manifest if you're living in fear and anxiety. It's, it's, not, it's not how God designed these, our bodies to, to function. Peace, 
and joy even in the midst of chaos. But the Bible says to do that, you've got to seek first the kingdom of God. And then he goes on to say, seek first his righteousness. It's the kingdom of God and his righteousness. You say, well, what is his righteousness? Well, righteousness is God's way of being and doing right. That's my abbreviation. Righteousness is simply put, God's way of being right. Now, the only way we can be right with God is through Jesus Christ. His, his sacrifice on the cross, the shedding of his blood, anybody who believes in him and accepts him in their hearts, the Bible says instantly we have right standing or we are made right with God. There's nothing we can do to be right with God. Someone needs to give God some praise for that this morning. That you are here this morning because God has made you right. You've got, you've got right standing. You've got power with God. That's literally what it means. You've actually got the ability to look God in the eye, the devil, and your fellow man without any sense of guilt, fear, or intimidation. I'll say that again. You get this one for free. Righteousness gives us the ability to look God in the eye. Because Jesus said, I give you my right standing. I'll take your sin. I'll give you my right standing. The right standing I have with the Father, you get it. So now that, you, that enables you to look your heavenly Father in the eye, enables you to look the devil in the eye, and enables you to look your fellow man in the eye without any sense of guilt, fear, or intimidation. Some would say, I'll take some of that. That's what I thought. So that's God's way of being right. But then righteousness is also, also God has a way of doing right. Ah, oh, someone said. So God has a way of what is doing right. They are called values, laws, and principles that if we put them into practice, they will produce heaven in our world. So God has a way to solve your problems. That's what he's trying to say. God, I've, I've got a way to solve your problems. Okay. I've got a way for you to walk in victory and unlock my limitless power in your world. That's what God's saying to us. Now, you can try to do it your way, and most do, especially today. It's fascinating. I just done a wedding the other day, Friday. <laughs> Crazy. I won't go there. Good. I'm a, I'm in a, I just love the mission field. So I'm sitting, you know, you just watch all the dynamics of, I mean, the, this young couple, they come, they go to church and they've come a long way. Uh, but I'm looking at all the other extra family dynamics and talking to business people. And one guy had a couple of daughters and he's a builder and he said, I'd be a multi-millionaire if I, uh, if I could have these girls. You know, they're always after this credit card. And I said, well, I just cut it up. And he said, well, I can't. If I cut that up, then I'll just go to their mother. And, uh, and I could tell these girls, I mean, they, they, he said, well, we'll go, go to Invercargill. He said to me, he said, we'll go to Invercargill. He said, surely we're not going to spend any money down there. And, uh, and, and the girls decided they needed a new dress. Um, and, and they went shopping and arrived home with five boxes of shoes, as well as new dresses. And uh, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking, mate, you're, you're raising daughters that are going to untie you're raising daughters that are going to become very selfish and narcissistic. It's not, I'm thinking, it's not the kingdom. But they live in a world, they live in a culture which is screaming at us to find your own truth. In fact, you pursue your own truth. If it makes you happy, that is your truth. And you pursue that truth. So it's all about your happiness. I'm here to tell you it's not about your happiness. It's about trying to get heaven into your world. Happiness won't last forever, friend. It might only last a season. 
for heaven. God's trying to get heaven into your world. But to get heaven into your world, you've got to have to do it God's way. Come on, someone say, say, I've got to do it God's way. I've got to do it God's way. And so you can try to do it your own way. You can try and go and read the latest book, go on social media, or you can pick up your Bible. You could go to God in prayer and begin to seek His kingdom and His righteousness, His way of bringing heaven into your world. And God's got a way for your relationships. God's got a way for your finances. You want to know what it is? It's called tithing. Oh, you're always talking about money. Tithing is God's way for your finances. What's tithing? 10% of your income. 10%. Oh, the church just wants your money. No, we're trying to get heaven into your world. We're trying to get heaven into your business. You say, I can't afford it. Yes, you can afford it. Learn to live on, I live on, I live on maybe under 80%. I tithe 10%, always have. Tithe more than 10%, believe me. I save 10%. I actually save more than 10%. Which means I'm living somewhere around about 70. And then you want to be in a position where you can sow, be generous. Why? Because these are kingdom principles. In fact, here's another one for you. It's free. You show me any business, any marriage, any relationship, any individual, any government, any nation that is prospering and succeeding, and I guarantee you, whether they realize it or not, you will find that they are operating on kingdom principles, kingdom values. I guarantee it because these are universal laws. You don't have to be a Christian. You don't have to be a Christian. The world has found out there are, there are what I call them, principles of success. I guarantee you they are kingdom laws and kingdom principles and values that they have learned that if I build into my life, they unlock blessing and prosperity in my world. They unlock heaven. And you, you, you show me any country, any government, any, any whatever, I mean, relationship, business, marriage, whatever, that's, that's successful, prosperous, growing, increasing, I guarantee you, they, they, if you looked into that, there, there are kingdom valuable values and principles that they're operating on. So tithing, sowing and reaping is God's way for your finances. Hello. God's got a way for your marriage. I wrote this one in here the other day. I was picking up by the Holy Ghost. God's got a way for you to date. This won't be popular. But so many Christians start hooking up before you get married. Because you're doing it the world's way. But that's not God's way. You say, well, everybody else is doing it. Marriage is just a piece of paper. No, it's not. Now we're going quiet. Side rooms, help me out, please. Someone online, someone. Nothing. <laughs> but I'm, looking, I'm just looking at our, at our world because we're living according to the world and the culture we live in rather than seeking the kingdom. And yet people wonder why, why am I not experiencing the kingdom? Why am I not experiencing heaven in my world? Because you've failed to understand you've got to do it God's way. Give me, give me, I've got that verse, sorry, Kelly. Give me Deuteronomy, the one I gave you. It was only added in briefly. Because sometimes we think all these laws and principles that God gave Israel were just for, he wanted to be killjoy and make life hard and difficult for them. This is what God says, the camp must be, because you realize God's living amongst us. The camp must be holy for the Lord your God moves around in your camp to protect you and to defeat your enemies. 
So he must not see any shameful thing among you or he will. So God gave him laws, principles, and values to keep his presence and so that heaven would be amongst them. And this is what we need to understand about God. How many glad you came out this morning? How many are still watching online? That's what I want to know. God has a way for your mental health. Seriously. God's got a way for your mental health. God has a way for your personal world. God has a way for the plan and the purpose of God to be outworked in your life. So many people struggle and strive and push and try to, you know. I won't go there. So Jesus in his Sermon on the Mount, he gave some incredible principles, values, attitudes that we need to adopt to see the kingdom of heaven or heaven begin to break out in our worlds. And one of those, of course, in, in, in uh, Matthew 5, Matthew 6, and Matthew 7, is actually the Sermon on the Mount. But of course, in chapter 6, the end of that chapter, he gives us about seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness. In Matthew chapter 13, as I come to a close, how are we doing? Doing pretty good? That's good. This is it. Matthew, team can come actually. Matthew 13, 32. Jesus also used this illustration. The kingdom of heaven. Is like, a, is like the yeast a woman used in making bread. Any bread makers amongst us? Anybody into home making bread, dough? Okay. Even though she put only a little yeast in three measures of flour, it permeated every part of the dough. Now, this is what I want to get because all this is about a journey. What Jesus is trying to say is the kingdom of God is like yeast or leaven. When, when the baker's making that bread or whatever, to get it to rise, they put some yeast in. Now, it only needs a bit of yeast in there, and it will go right through the whole loaf. So what Jesus is saying is, when you and I give our lives to him, the kingdom of God comes into the area of our hearts, or comes into our hearts. That's one area of our lives. But Jesus said, my kingdom, my ways of being and doing right are supposed to then, it starts here, but it should permeate and go right through every area of your life. It should influence it should affect every area of your life. It should start to creep into your finances. Well, I've never been a tither. Well, obviously, the kingdom of God hasn't got there yet. But today could be a great day for the kingdom of God to start to affect that area of your life. Well, I've never been a great dater. I've always done it the wrong ways. I've always, I don't know, hooked up with my girlfriends or boyfriends straight away. I've always whatever. Well, today can be the first day where you start to say, okay, I'm going to start to do it God's way. I'm going to allow the kingdom of God to influence that area of my life. Maybe you've had failed marriages. Maybe your marriage isn't going that great. But today, the kingdom of God wants to influence that sphere of your life and affect it and bring heaven into it. Maybe you've been an anxious person, a fearful person. Maybe you've all the stuff that's going on in our world and, and overseas is, is you're uptight about what, what the, and a lot of people are. A lot of people skied at the World War III. A lot of people are very anxious about what's happening in our world. But God wants His kingdom, heaven, to come into that area of your life. So peace wills your mind and heart. Joy fills your heart. You see the opportunities that are bound, you, are bound around about you to be a witness and for God's kingdom to manifest and opportunities to demonstrate His power. You see, the kingdom of God wants to permeate until it holds every area, until it's affecting how you raise your kids. It affects how you deal with, 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 with the world around you. I'll give you this one. What's God's way of handling all the evil that we see in our world today? 
Anybody can yell out from the side room? Anybody that knows their Bible? What is God's way of handling all the evil in our world? The Bible says we overcome evil with good. How did Jesus overcome evil in the world? He just continued to do good. He left heaven, went to the cross and died for sinners. Even when they, there, was, there was no sign that we were going to accept him or accept what he had done. Yet he still chose to, he's hanging on the cross in the midst of betrayal and anger and jealousy. And yet he still says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Why? Because he's demonstrating goodness. He's demonstrating values of the kingdom of God. In fact, I read the other day that God said, God even heals and does good to people that don't love him, to the ungodly and to the sinner. Why? Because God is a good God and God knows to overcome evil in the world. All I got to do, I'm just going to keep being me. I'm just going to keep being good. I'm just going to keep showing kindness. I'm just still going to reach out and bless people. I'm just going to continue to help people. I'm going to allow the kingdom to manifest and people are going to experience heaven on earth and they're going to say, I want that. But the world we live in is screaming at each other, fighting each other, angry at each other, slandering each other, canceling each other, and wondering why. It's only adding to the problem. Because God's got a way. Get off of social media. If you've got nothing good to say, the old saying, don't say anything. Overcome the evil with good. Be a blessing to people. Be encouragement to people. Help people. Love people. It's not hard, but it is totally opposite to how this world. Did you know that the church back in the, the early church in the book of Acts brought the Roman Empire to its knees? Do you know how? In fact, the Bible says they were, they were saying that those who've turned cities upside down have come here. Sure, they were demonstrating the miraculous and the power of God. But they were also going out and grabbing all the babies that the Romans refused to raise. They wanted to just, they, they'd taken it to Egypt City and let them die. And the Christians would go out there, bring these kids home and babies home and raise them as their own. And what Rome couldn't grasp is that we are your oppressors. You should be angry with us. You should be mad at us. You should be trying to lead revolts against us. That's why they wanted Barabbas released and not Jesus. Because at least rebel, um, um, Barabbas would have led a rebellion. Jesus won't lead our rebellion. He won't, he won't stand up and overthrow the Romans. He won't set up the kingdom. Get rid of you. Because surely it's not God's will that we live under mandate. Surely it's not God's will that we live under Roman rule. Surely it's not God's will to live under all this oppression. Surely it's God's children. We're not supposed to live like this. But the church got a revelation. And instead of being angry and reacting at their Roman oppressors, they went out and picked up what Rome refused to love. Embraced it as their own, raised it as their own. They showed love. They overcome all the evil with good until Rome was brought to its knees. Because God has a way. God has a way. Seek it first. Seek it first. Seek His kingdom and begin to experience heaven. Not only in your personal world, but in your cities, in your region, 
in your nation, in your families, in your business, every area. Let it permeate. Let it affect everything. Let it affect, if you're, if you're a boss here this morning, let it affect your workplace, how you conduct your employees, how you treat them, how you speak to them. Let, that, let it permeate every area and aspect of your life in the name of Jesus. That's me this morning. I just wonder right where you are. In fact, if you want to stay in each room or wherever you are right now, I presume we've got leaders out there. But if you're here this morning, you're not a Christian. Maybe you've, someone brought you here or whatever, but you're, you've never given your life to God. The first key, of course, to get into this kingdom is accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And so right where you are, any team, uh, we, I want you, if that's you this morning, and you're saying yes to God this morning, I want to make Jesus my Lord and Savior. I want to be born into this kingdom. If that's you this morning, just lift your hand right where you are in this room, in the side rooms, even online. Just lift your hand right now in your room, wherever you are. God sees it. It, it doesn't, it's not hard to get into the kingdom. It's just a response to know that Jesus is Lord. He's your, he's your Savior. He's the lover of your soul. He came to die for your sins. And just by lifting your hand this morning, it's as simple as that. You can get born again. And this morning, I just want to open the altar. I just want to pray for anybody and anybody. Maybe you're, maybe, maybe you're struggling with a sickness, a disease, or ailment. I'm going to believe God for you because His kingdom has limitless power. And this is a great thought to think about. His kingdom's got limitless power. <laughs> maybe you're feeling overwhelmed in a situation. Maybe you're struggling. Maybe there's an error in your life this morning. You just need to come to God this morning and say, God, I want the kingdom. I want the kingdom to come to that area. I want the kingdom. It's, it's, it's not in that area of my life yet. It hasn't, like yeast, it hasn't influenced, it hasn't permeated, it hasn't affected and changed that part of my life. But I want it to. I want heaven to come into this area of my life. I want to see heaven. I want to see the blessing of God come in that area. Maybe that's you this morning. So if you just want to come, they'll pray for you. Otherwise, I'm handing it over to number one, son. Thank you for the honor and the privilege of allowing me to share the word of the Lord this morning. I pray that it's been life-giving, that it's going to help you in the days to come, not just, just for a moment, that you can go home and think about it, get the tape, you can get the notes. I'll sell them to you. No, they're all free. 